started working on the prototype for HireWire, launched their first beta in Atlanta in early 2016, grew that very rapidly. I think he said about 2,000 uh, employers that got on the platform, over 100,000 people looking for jobs, of which they placed 20,000 into a new job. They're now scaling. They've turned on revenue. He's thinking here shortly they'll be doing about 200,000 bucks in monthly recurring revenue because restaurants or other employers pay them 50 bucks per month, up to 100 bucks per month, depending on how many folks they want to hire and how quickly they want to do it. 4.1 million bucks raised again, team of 18 based out there in Atlanta. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 740. Be sure to tune in tomorrow morning where you'll hear from Todd Johnson, who tells us how he sold his company for $15 million. And now he's tackling healthcare patient doctor relationships. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Cho Wen. He's the founder and CEO of a company called HireWire, an on demand hiring app for hourly workers. In his previous venture, he hired over 20,000 people and quickly realized the hiring process was broken and ripe for disruption. He launched HireWire in 2015 and has raised 4.1 million bucks in funding to solve this problem. Cho, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. Where were you working where you hired 20,000 people? Yeah, McDonald's or? <laughs> yeah, not quite, uh, but uh, close. I was, uh, I was in my previous venture. It was called Campus Special. And we were an online food ordering deals platform for college kids. And so we were in 165 cities. We had 500 colleges. And we had um, 4,000 sales reps that would go meet with the merchants. And we had about 15,000 street teamers that would go promote our products on campus. So we had to hire every single one of those people. And so I had that company for about eight and a half years and um, sold it to a public company a couple years ago. And so in that process, I just learned what it was like to source candidates, interview, screen, hire. And uh, it was quite a process, a very broken process. So when did you launch that company? How old were you? I was 25 at the time, launched at my dining room table. That was 2005. That's amazing. Okay, so what are you today? I am 36. 36. That's great. So you built that company for eight years. Um, we won't go too deep into it, but generally speaking, I mean, what did you grow it to? We have an employee count. What were you doing in terms of, I guess, revenue the year you sold it? Yeah, yeah. We're doing about $15 million in revenue okay. and uh, employee headcount in the 40s. And I imagine your biggest cost there, obviously, there's a lot of headcount there. I mean, was it a profitable business or is that why you yeah. sold it? it? It actually was. So that was a bootstrap company. So we didn't raise any capital and uh, we were one of the fastest growing companies um, for four consecutive years uh, through uh, Inc. Magazine. Uh -huh. and it was actually a very profitable business, So, uh, which is really interesting because we built that. Uh, we never had any investors, never had to worry about cash and uh, sold it. Um, so what would you, you sell it for? It was uh, about, about 25 million. Okay. Yeah. And how'd you negotiate the price based on 15 million top line? Yeah. So really it was kind of an interesting time where, um, I think growth was a bigger deal than revenue. So we had strong revenue growth. We had strong EBITDA, uh, and great margins, but no one cared about that at the time. So, um, that was 2013 uh, when we were in the process. Uh, so yeah, it was really just, a. uh, you know, what the, what the buyer was willing to pay and what the seller was willing to, to, to sell at. Did you feel depressed after you sold your baby? <laughs> 
You know, it was bittersweet. I mean, you wake up every day obsessing and, and just worrying and, and working hard at something for almost a decade, and then one day it's just not yours anymore. So it was bittersweet, but uh, I was really proud to have built it uh, up and, and served a lot of customers. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was a proud moment. You're, you're making my audience hate you. They're going, he can't be depressed. He just basically put 25 million bucks in his bank account. He's not allowed to be upset. Right. Yeah. Did you, you obviously didn't have investors. Did you have a uh, kind of an equity pool that you gave your kind of leadership team or did you own hundred percent of the company when you sold it? Yeah. You know, I, I own hundred percent of the company and um, that business was, you know, it was a lifestyle business turned into a technology, you know, uh, fast growing startup. Um, it was just a, you know, one of those things where I didn't have a plan and one day I woke up and I had a, a great business and we doubled down and worked really hard and grew and, and we attracted acquirers. That's great. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it was a good first kind of warm up, and uh, now I'm in my second venture. That's very cool. Okay, so let's talk about Hirewire, uh, which is the new venture. So did you launch this immediately, or did you wait a year or two? Yeah, I waited. Well, I stayed on board um, for about a year with my acquirer. I bet that was and, painful. Yeah, you know, it, it is painful in that uh, it's hard to go from being, you know, your um, your CEO, you're calling all the shots, you're nimble, you're fast, and then you become part of a bigger organization. I uh, definitely learned a lot of things while I was there, but I always had the itch, obviously, to go out and do my you know next next thing. So I took almost a year off and spent a lot of time in that time thinking about what am I good at that is a problem that needs to be solved where I could leverage my past experience and not start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so because I had done so much hiring and I was very comfortable building technology products and, and acquiring and building local marketplaces. It really made sense to go after the hiring problem, uh, spe specifically though at the hourly level, where it's high turnover, uh, kind of entry level, um, you know, uh, wage uh, earners that make up like 77 million people uh, in the U.S. And so when this uh, concept popped up, I just fell in love with it more and more, and then I just couldn't resist, and so pulled the trigger about a year and a half ago. You raised capital. Why, why are you going a different route this time? Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, when you build a bootstrap company and then you go out and you raise capital, you see the stark differences, right? So uh, with this business, we felt that we, out the gate, really needed to invest heavily in the product and technology, and so we needed a great engineering team, um, and uh, we raised it before we even had a prototype. So two million to start, and then an additional two million last year, uh, so about four million so far. On the initial, like, would you do a note or a priced equity round? Convertible note on both. Okay, got it. So you have not had a priced equity round, just caps on the notes. That's right. Got it. And what is the, so how do you make money on this thing? Uh, how do we how do you make money? Yeah. 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 So essentially, Hirewire is a marketplace where job seekers and employers uh, can connect and it's really mobile first. So they're using their mobile, mobile device to speed up that process. And uh, you kind of think of it like a, Tinder slash Uber for jobs in that, you know, there's pictures, there's video, there's chatting. And, you know, we're, our next uh, release is really focused on on-demand hiring. And so think about it this way. As an employer, if I have a need for, let's say I'm a restaurant, which is one of our big uh, industry focuses, uh -huh. um, if I'm a restaurant manager and I need to hire somebody, uh, I can basically select who I need to hire, when I can interview, and we push candidates to them immediately. And we get paid based on a membership, so they pay a monthly subscription. Who, the people looking to hire or the restaurant owner? The, the employer. And then the job seekers is free uh, for them to, uh, to, to find a job. Okay, so defining this marketplace in terms of buyers and sellers, your sellers are the job seekers selling their, their services. The restaurant owner is the buyer looking to hire the job seeker. You got it. Okay, and so you do you take a cut, like a first like a salary or anything like that, or it's a flat fee to the restaurant owner? 
Yeah, it's uh, we don't take a cut, um, so we're not really like a staffing agency model. Um, we are really a marketplace model where they're paying to get access to these candidates and uh, paying a membership fee. Okay, now, uh, so so do, I mean, do they pay as they? What if someone says I want one candidate versus someone that says I want a thousand candidates? They pay the same flat fee. No, they can pay as they go too. So, okay. um, so let's say you're a small operation and you don't really need to hire a lot of people and you only use it a few times a year, you can do a pay-as-you-go model. And then there's different tiers. So, you know, your McDonald's, for example, who has 200% turnover is hiring almost every day. Those guys would have a different tier where, you know, they could have, you know, 50 hires a month or 100 hires a month. What's your core business? I mean, like a, a key feature of a SaaS business is predictable revenue. Do you have predictable revenue or is this truly pay-as-you-go? The restaurant owner opens a thing, they hire five people, then they stop using you. Yeah, I would say that our core customer base uh, are recurring um, users who have a constant need. And we're focused on the restaurant industry because it has the highest turnover. So yeah, that's good for people. you. <laughs> yeah, so that revolving door means that they have this need that comes up almost you know every other day or weekly. And so I would say that it is very predictable. And for the most part, our core customers are using it on a weekly, monthly basis. What do they pay you on average per month, the average restaurant owner? Yeah, we charge per location per month. So that ranges from 50 to $100 per location per month, depending on usage. Okay, got it. And usage is, is specifically how many hires at the location? Got it. Okay, so 50 to 100, uh, again, per location. And when you're selling into something like a big chain, um, are they, I mean, I mean, do you do that or do you go kind of restaurant by restaurant? Yeah, we do both. Uh, I would say we're really um, focused on building it at a local level, but we definitely sign national accounts. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually those guys do a license kind of deal where, you know, when they have 500,000 locations and kind of, kind of a break. And, and kind of switching back to the marketplace for a second. So on each end of this, right, supply, demand, like how many job seekers do you have and how many uh, higher, you know, people hiring do you have on the platform? Yeah, I'll give you this data. So we, we first launched in Atlanta, which okay. was our test market. We did that, we were in beta for a year. And so in that time, we went from launching with nothing, chicken and egg problem, right? We had 2015, no right? Uh, it was actually January 2016. Okay. And um, we had no jobs here, no employers. So we had to go out and build this two-sided marketplace, which is very hard to do. Not only is it a two-sided marketplace, it's also a very local marketplace, right? So the job seekers need to be near the employers for it to work out. So we, uh, in one year in Atlanta, got over 4,000 employers to sign up and accumulated over 100,000 job seekers and got 20,000 people hired. So that was a uh, pretty good, you know. Just in Atlanta. Yeah, just in Atlanta. And What's okay? So, Colin, that, that's like not like you stumbling into something lucky. I mean, those are incredible numbers. You, yeah. I mean, did you just you use the same game plan you used at your first company, or what? Yeah. So that was one of the helpful things. So having built two-sided local marketplaces, when we understood the whole liquidity uh, balance and low-cost acquisition, I think though there are really two drivers that really allowed us to grow that quickly. One is that we were hitting a pain point that was number one on their list. So if you're a restaurant manager, operator, or you're hiring hourly people, it's a very, very painful thing to go through this hiring process. So they're generally using Craigslist or you know job boards. And so when you show them a more modern, faster, easier way, they're very, very interested in trying it. So that allowed us to, to grow pretty quickly. And is that still where you're at in terms of numbers-wise, about 2,000 buyers, 100,000 sellers? Uh, well, since then, we've launched to multiple cities. And so that's a, a new thing. We just did that last month. And okay. so... Uh, Ask me again in a few months, but, but it's um, fair to say I, you're not. Are you, I mean, are your numbers basically the same since you just launched these new spots? Yep. Yeah. Roughly, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the key is that uh, over half of our user base is organic, right? So think about how 
the normal job hunting process goes, uh, creating a resume, walking around, passing it out, filling uh, out online applications. And now you just download an app, create a profile, and get like five job offers within 24 hours. Like that's really fueled the fire for organic growth. And so both sides of our market is growing very rapidly just from, from word of mouth. Yep. I mean, can I do the math? You said you had 2,000 buyers. Is that, are those the actual, is that, are those companies or are those the actual locations of the companies? Yeah. Locations wise, we have, um, it's like five, sorry, I should say hiring managers, we have about 5,000 ish and locations, we have about 4,000. Okay. So some hiring managers were working on, on average 1.2 locations. Yep. Or you may have, um, two hiring managers, like front of the house, back of the house, kitchen manager, GM per, per location. Got it. And so you mentioned earlier, you're kind of, you said your ARPU per location is between 50 and hundred. Can I just do 4,000 times 50 and assume you're doing more than 200 grand in MRR? Yeah, I would say, well, we actually just launched our monetization. So it's below that. But uh, I think that by end of the year, we'll be, we'll be on be track. Like yeah. You do have paying customers though, right today? Absolutely. And you're just so is the reason that ARPU number is wrong is because 50 to 100 is what you're you're signing new people up at now. But historically, you have people paying maybe lower than that because you're you were testing pricing. Yeah, we, we've been testing pricing and we're still testing pricing. Um, and a lot of the monetization just started happening a couple of months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you see? And then so back to kind of like the churn thing, which I'm very curious about. Right. So let's assume like the just. Think only about the SaaS side of the business for a second. I mean, do you see high gross customer churn per month? Like once people are done hiring, if the if the hires are good hires, they stay a while, right? Yeah, you would think that, but because uh, our focus is the restaurant business, um, it is just super high churn on their end, right? So to give you an idea, um, a restaurant um, churn could be a hundred to two hundred percent. So imagine losing your entire team, not once, but twice. So what if they blame you for that, though, right? What if they go, oh, it's because I'm using these people from HireWire. Like, if I go hire yeah. a real recruiting person, I won't have to replace people every two months. Right. You know, when we before we launched, we were really afraid that would happen. Uh, but we found that, you know, we don't think we're causing uh, more churn to happen. Uh, we just think that we're an easier, faster way for both sides to uh, find a job or fill a position when they do need to hire. Um, we haven't heard a lot of pushback, and we've been out in the market now for over a year. And so I don't think that, that – uh, I think ultimately people will stay where they're happy, where they're making good money, and it's a good environment to work in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to think that we're not causing uh, that, that, that churn. So what is your, gro your gross customer churn per month? Yeah. I would say we're retaining like 95-plus percent of Monthly? Our Monthly, yeah. Okay, so about 5% monthly churn, which is, that's I mean, about, that's not bad. That's about 4%. And just having launch monetization, I think it's pretty solid. But our goal is to get it down to you know, like 2% or 1%. Of course, yeah, yeah. And then where are you at today in terms of team size? Yeah, team size, we're at about 15 people, plus or minus. Okay. Um, we try to run it pretty lean. And uh, based where? Atlanta? Yeah, we are in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then have you, obviously you've raised some capital, you're just starting monetization. So you might not have some of these, this data or this cohort yet, but are you doing any paid acquisition? Yeah, we do. Uh, we do paid acquisition. Yep. Okay. And, how, and so like, what do you spend an average month on paid acquisition? You know, it depends uh, on the job seeker side. It could be, you know, so 50% of our job seekers are organic. So we don't okay. have to pay anything for those guys. But, um, you know, we've used uh, with great success, you know, social uh, methods, um, to, to drive users. And, uh, you know, we, we, we spend anywhere depending on the month, depending on the seasonality from like 10 to 25,000 per, per, per month per. across different channels. 
Done. Yep. Great. Um, okay, cool. And then uh, look, last question here. Do you have any weird, you know, I've had a lot of people on that are kind of marrying this marketplace model plus SaaS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a company on actually that does this in the freight world. Um, it's called Freightos. I don't know if you've heard of them, but like they have a SaaS product that can help people find cargo containers to ship the items they just sold. But then they also put a, put a, put a marketplace on that and the SaaS problem solve the chicken and egg problem of the marketplace. Do you mm-hmm. see these dynamics playing out in your business? Yeah, I do actually. Um, you know, in the employer's eyes, they're basically paying um, a fee to to have the software, right? That's going to help them solve their hiring problem. They're paying you uh, to join your marketplace. That's just good. Yeah. Good, right? And then on the other side, though, we have to build up this liquidity of, of job seekers, right? So it really is like SaaS meets a marketplace play. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in our business. Our, our goal is we want super sticky high retentions on high retention on the employer side. The job seeker they come and go, right? If we do our job properly, the job seeker comes in, uses our app, gets hired, and they come back, you know, three months, six months, nine months later. But uh, yeah, I would say it's a nice blend. So we're having to use a playbook of you know a SaaS playbook, but also consumer marketplace two-sided yeah. consumer marketplace playbook. Yeah, I can choose two-sided free consumer marketplace, and you're not making money on on a cut or anything, right? Right. Today yeah. we are. Yep. What do you tell? What's your cut? Uh, on the on the job seeker side, we're not making uh, money. I thought that was, that was your question. On the buy, on the what cut are you making on the other side? There isn't there isn't a cut. Oh yeah yeah. So you're not making money on the on the marketplace aspect. Yes. Yep, yeah. Just right. the SaaS aspect. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Many of you know, I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling, and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learn so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them. I'm buying them very quick and I'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics. You can too. I work with them. It's totally free. You can go to nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar. No credit card required. Again, use it as much as you want. nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar. I'll see you there. All right, good. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book. Um, this one is used a lot, but I really like uh, Jim Collins' Good to Great. It's just solid, and, and there's not a day I wake, wake up or go in the office and I don't think about those concepts, so that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Yeah, you know, I, I really... I'm going to give you two. Um, I'm very big on, on uh, Elon Musk everything he does um and then um, 
he's not a CEO right now, but I read Hoffman, just incredible stuff that he puts out there and very relevant to what we're building. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like QD scheduling? Online tool. Um, yeah, this might be a cop out, but Slack, I mean, I'm obsessed with it and we communicate with it and do everything on it. So yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> yeah, not enough. Um, I'm probably on average about five. Okay. -ish. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Yeah. Married with two kids. Wow. Uh, eight and 10. So and you're getting, yeah, wow. Okay. Maybe that's why you're getting five hours, right? That's why I'm not sleeping much. Yeah. yeah. And then what, how old are you? I'm 36. Okay. So last question at show, take us, take us home, take us back 16 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh man. Um, at the age of 20, I was still kind of in that phase where I wasn't that serious about anything, you know, I was still a kid. And at the age of 21, I got my first sales job and that changed my life because what I realized was I, the harder I worked, the more money I made because I got paid commission. And that really kicked off my entire career because I became this like kind of a do the bare minimum kind of guy, college student to really working hard, working late, you know, first one in, last one out, working weekends. What, what, show, what would the lesson be though, right? So what, what was one lesson you'd give your 20 year old self? Is that there is no replacement for hard work. And if you put your nose to the grindstone and you just absolutely attack it and kill it and, and push it every day, good, amazing things happen. There you guys have it. There's no substitute for hard work about, uh, what is this, about 11 or 12 years ago, he launched his first company, Hustled when he was 25, Hustled in that for about eight years, grew it to 15 million bucks, top line sold it for 25 million, owned 100% of it. That was back in 2014. Uh, then 2015, uh, started working on the prototype for Hirewire, launched their first beta in Atlanta. Atlanta in early 2016 grew that very rapidly. I think he said about 2,000 uh, employers that got on the platform, over 100,000 people looking for jobs, of which they placed 20,000 into a new job. They're now scaling. They've turned on revenue. He's thinking here shortly they'll be doing about 200,000 bucks in monthly recurring revenue because restaurants or other employers pay them 50 bucks per month, up to 100 bucks per month, depending on how many folks they want to hire and how quickly they want to do it. 4.1 million bucks raised again, team of 18 based out there in Atlanta. Cho, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode with Chow, go back and listen to Matilda yesterday, where she'll break down how she has 3x her monthly recurring revenue to 700 grand in under 11 months. She's a winner. She's growing very fast. Learn how she did it.